Welcome to the Balanced Man Podcast with your host, Ernie Harrison. We have five pillars in our lives that need balance. Spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Join us as we interview pros in these areas to help us gain wisdom, pass that wisdom on, and leave a legacy for future generations. I'm Ernie Harrison, the host of this uh, podcast called The Balanced Man. Uh, Today I am interviewing C.J. Wilson. C.J. is a native of North Carolina and Bellhaven in particular. And C.J. and I share a common bond with uh, his mom. She uh, was a home health nurse, took care of my sister for a number of years, and I knew C.J. through her, a great lady, and uh, he comes from some great genes, and uh, he had an opportunity to go play college football, East Carolina University, and then leave there and go play in the NFL. I think winning a Super Bowl ring, right, the first season that you went in? Yes, sir. Yeah, man, such such an awesome story, man. That's great. But I appreciate your time, C.J., just to take and and talk to me. And and what I'm doing here is it's called The Balanced Man, and, I mean, it's for women, too, but mainly for men. And Mm – Hopefully some young men will hear it. You and I are at an age where we've lived a little bit of life and we want, I know you're the same as me when it comes to wanting to share uh, wisdom with other men. They can find balance in their life and move forward with their dreams. The five key areas I look at here is the spiritual life, mm-hmm. uh, physical fitness, uh, mental health, emotional health, and financial stability. And what I have found in my life is that if I can find balance, not extreme, but balance in those key areas that life seems to flow a lot better, mm-hmm. you know? And anyway, I, I feel like we have probably a lot in common, but just love to, to talk to you and find out a little about your story and uh, just to give some gleaning of, of wisdom, what you had to offer to uh, the, the young men that are out there who may be listening. Start off, if you don't mind, so just tell me a little bit about your, yourself and your early life and and where that all led you to. I appreciate you having me on. And we do have that common mind. My mother did take care of your sister. She used to always talk about her all the time. And and it was a joy to her more than work because it was always a livelihood, taking care of kids and just being a blessing in people's lives. And it just goes into how I was brought up. My parents who are both in the church, my dad's a, now a pastor, been a pastor for many years now. I can't tell you, I think it's almost 19 years now. I grew up in a church, grew up in a uh, house with six brothers and two sisters. That's nine of us. All right. And so it was uh, interesting. Every day was, it was something <laughs> else, something fun and something bad, you know. Somebody got in trouble. I don't think that one day went by that somebody didn't get in trouble either at school <laughs> or at home. And so it kept things interesting, you know. Great childhood. I don't ever, I, I can't sit here and complain about anything that happened. We didn't grow up in the, the rich, richest, the rich home or had plenty of money, but we, we, God allowed us to, to make do. And um, just growing up with those many brothers, it pushed me to a football player. I thought I wanted to be a karate man. And <laughs> I love ninjas. And, and, and when you're a little boy, you know, you're outside playing. Like, it's different today. When I was, I was young. We was outside all day long after school. We was outside. That was the new iPad and whatnot. But having that many brothers, you know, they all play sports. So it's like, I had to play. Yeah. I never, I didn't really care about sports like that until I, got, I started playing and I really started to like it and understand I was pretty good at it. And that took me into middle school, friends, and I just became, I love the sports. 
I love to be active. Went to high school, didn't do particularly well in my grades, but was given a second chance, got a chance to go to East Carolina. I think I started every year in my middle, my remember my freshman year, I started, then I started never, I started every game after that. And after that, just got drafted to the, rolled over to the NFL, played at Green Bay, won a Super Bowl my first year. And just finished up, I did seven years in NFL completion and retired, I think in 2016 and 17. And just now I'm actually coaching and still involved around the game of football, but just going back, giving back to now more youth, some other youth that can, maybe I can help them to better their life and give them a, a great future ahead of them. So I'm excited for what the future has to hold for me. And I thank God for that. I mean, I think you got a lot of people that, who are excited to have you back in East North Carolina, but what do you think contributed to your success in life the most? I would say my parents, we know God is, is ultimately in charge and first in our life, but my parents brought us up in the fear of God. My dad is always say he was read that scripture to us. We, he brought us up in the fear of God, which not fearing God will strike you down or whatnot and kill you, but it's a fear of reverence, respect that God is on the throne and we have a, a, a right and an obligation to serve God and do the things that's right. Treat treat others with respect. Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. All those things that the Bible teaches is what my, my parents taught us. Yeah. And if you think about it, I mean, people, some, we already know, like people in the world, that's not in the, you know, don't particularly believe in Christ, but the Bible lines up everything right, you know, treat others how you want to be treated, respect, honor your mother, father, just all those principles that was, that was taught in my life. And that, that, that was, I would say, the biggest thing that, that made me who I am today and through my own experiences and mistakes and trials. But just I give my direct success and direct who I am today is to my parents. Yeah, and that's, that's very honorable of you, man, to do that because I, I agree with you. I think that the family connection is the ultimate thing that we it keeps us together is what God called us to do. And my parents divorced when I was eight, and, and I love my father we were close, but you know, I saw him every the weekend type thing. And so not having that father in the home is tough, and you you look to yourself mm-hmm. for things that uh, you need a, a man there to teach you. Right? Yes, sir. And, you know, your mom can do this so much. You have more of that authority figure in the father, the father for the authority figure in the home, you know, and, and the mom, of course, she has her place, but, you know, when dad – raises that voice like I do now to my children. <laughs> you know, it's, funny, you know. it's funny as you mentioned that. I was just talking to a student of mine. I don't really have class. I just watch them make sure that they're doing their work. And she was telling me how her brother don't have a father and she's the father for him. And I said, he needs a father because yeah, you can do a lot of things. You're a second mother. You can't be his father, but you're a second mother. And I was just explaining to her that's difficult for a young male a female, but really for a young male to grow up without a father. I definitely understand what you're saying about not having your father in the house on a daily basis. And God calls himself the father. He's a father, a spiritual father, right? So yes. that tells us right there how important that male role model is in our life. So are you the youngest son? Number six. Then I had two sisters and then one younger brother. Okay. And, and most of they're all successful at I understand, right? I know you got a police officer, one brother, a police officer, one brother's in the Marine Corps. I'm not sure about your yeah. other brother. 
one of my brother in front of him, he got a doctorate. I know he's a professor. He was a vice president, but he's a professor at a college, Chawan College. Okay. Brother in front of him, he's a, um, I'll, we always talk, but I've never really asked him what his job title, but I know he, he got his master's degree and he getting also this other degree in ministry. But I know he's a, a counselor for a college. My sister, she's a, a, I think she's a counselor as well. My younger sister, she's in social work. My older brother's coaching, and my the second brother, he's he works with technology. He's a tech, career tech. So there's a cop. And you're right, we very successful family, I would say, coming from where we come from. That's yeah. it's hard to make it when you come from nothing, I would say. But with God, you, you have everything. So very successful family, I would say. Yeah, I mean, your parents, it says a lot about them to have that wisdom and stamina to be able to raise you guys to have that amount of mental fortitude mm-hmm. to push yourself forward to get a master's, a doctorate, to play in the NFL. And you got to be mentally tough and strong to, to get there. Cause a lot of people, you know how, how East North Carolina is, and a lot of people just feel like they're going to – you know, I'm probably not going to college. I'm just going to work a you know mediocre job, and and they don't have those goals for themselves. Yeah. They don't see those dreams, right? Like you had playing in the NFL. I mean, I know that was a dream come true, especially to go win a Super Bowl. How many guys yeah. played their whole career and never win a Super Bowl, right? Matthew Stafford has been in the NFL 13 years, and this is his first year going to the Super Bowl. He haven't won it yet, but to go there, so many people play so many years and never even go. 16, 17, never even go. So it was an honor and a blessing to be able to do that my first year. Yeah, I man, I think that's God's hand in your life, too. I mean, it was just, uh, I know you were probably a role model for a lot of those guys. And even though you were a young man coming in and you were new, but uh, I heard some great stories about you playing the piano at certain places, you know, and, and getting the mood up. But what are some struggles you saw, maybe you dealt with, but some of the other guys you saw dealt with in the NFL that, you know, a lot of guys, they strive to go be in the NBA, they strive to go in the NFL, they strive to be in pros and anything. But I'm sure there's got to be temptations and got to be struggles because I hear a lot of guys come out and they're 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 worse off than they were before they went in. Well, just like you said, one thing I always allow people to understand and, and is that the same man that's in the NFL, the same man is in college, same man is in high school, middle school. We all get up the same every morning and put our pants on the same way, and we are who we are. If you are uh, a cheater, a liar, guy that likes to gamble, a guy that likes to buy things and whatever else. You like cars, whatever you, what floats your boat. Being in the NFL, having money, I would say, the, the finances, just make, brings who you are out even more. And a lot of times people always get the misconception that the guys in the NFL or NBA or just movie star, they all like, act and live a certain way. They don't. You got to understand, you spit the three guys on a team, you probably have three guys that get in trouble or do things that make the whole NFL looks bad or whole team. But it's not it. When I got to the NFL, I found out really when I got there that I met some guys and I didn't know what they expect, you know, coming from college. But these are grown men. And I found out that every team I went on, I was a part of, you had about 90% that was hardcore Christians. Wow. Believers, true believers. And, and it was such a, a relief and a, such a, a breath of fresh air to understand the guy next to me is reading his Bible in the morning. The next guy is reading his devotion. And you have some guys, some knuckleheads on the team that is not into that. But for the most part, you have a lot of support in you know teammates. But 
getting to the temptation, yes, it happens on a daily basis. Not just NFL players, but from the time you're born to the time you die, you're going to be tempted to do something. And it's not always the sexual things or a female. It could be sometimes people are tempted to eat. The Bible talks about gluttonous. And having money, I remember in the NFL, just access to eat, just eat, eat, eat. I mean, the best food. And I had to struggle with to keep my weight down because you got plenty of money to go eat, buy whatever you want to buy. And so now, before I was in, when I was in college, I ain't had no my apartment full of food. But now in my house, I have everything you can think of. I go to the store and just rake it in the uh, car because you know you got the money to pay for it. Go to the store. And, and so temptation is all around us all the time. Females, yes, they are there. They are there because at the end of the day, you know how they go. Yeah. They see the dollar sign. They see what you drive and who you are. And they want a part of that. And so temptation is always there. But it always goes back to the principles of what I was taught in my younger life yeah. about God and how the fornication and how God, keeping God first and how to, God will make it a way to escape and share with to continue in sin that grace may abound. All the different scriptures I heard all my life. That's why you have to raise your kids at a younger age. Even as they grow older, you can still get to them, but it's, it's important to get them when they're young because it'll stay with them the rest of their life. Sometimes a kid get past 13, 14 years old, it's hard to try to change who they are because their DNA, it's there. But we had a lot of temptations. But I thank God that I was able to, God made so many different ways for me to escape. And I, I would love to tell you all of them, just a lot of them. <laughs> but it would be, I'll be here up to, to, the, to the next Tuesday telling you about the things that I've seen and went through that. But I'm still here. I made it. And I wasn't perfect. I'm not going to even make people believe I'm perfect. But God helped me to make it. And I thank God because as I look back over my career, I had a successful career and I don't have no regrets. I thank God for it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Like I say, your family, it's a testimony to that too, raising you in the ways of God and, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so we talk about that's part of the spiritual life we talk about here. And, and the same with me, that's the foundation of my life. If my spiritual life is out of whack, the rest of my life is out of whack. I have to be in that word on a regular basis, daily, but as I can, uh, if not, my thoughts go off wandering. That's definitely an important part. And I know that your physical fitness, man, they had to be part of it too. You had to stay in shape to play mm-hmm. sports, right? You had to stay in shape to be in the mm-hmm. NFL. You had to lose the weight and do what you got to do in the gym to make weight or whatever you had to do as far as that goes. How important is that still in your life? You may have had some injuries in the NFL. Maybe you didn't, I don't know, but going forward, your physical fitness is going to be a important part of your life because i guess you're not you're not in training camp anymore you know so you got to watch what you eat you got to watch how you exercise but well i will say to that it's it's funny to say that because that's my battle right before you're battling all the other temptations but now that's my biggest temptation is the the eating part so funny like wow what you get married like okay i'm done i'm married (laughs) no it's like you got more temptation you got more things and it's now like you say i'm battling because we we do know that being obese brings other complications to your body. And I don't feel like any human being should be over 300 pounds unless you play in a sport. Yeah. And so I'm day, working on that daily, try to bring my weight down to where before I even got to college. You know how hard that can get. Yeah. But that's my battle and I, I pray about it every day and God has been helping me. And it's, I mean, it's been hard because you have setbacks, but I, I've learned in life, no matter ha- what happens, you just keep going. Yeah. You, you just keep going. You just got to keep grinding, keep just pursuing your goals. And your, 
my goal is to be a certain weight, so I just got to keep going every day. And it's just a, a, a battle. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change. Exactly. And I'm trying to, I guess you could say, trick myself and tell myself this is the way it's going to be. And, and you got to actually practice it every day. And those same principles that we talk about food, it goes back to even, we, that's a natural man, and it's a spiritual man also. This is what, because he says, nothing good dwells in his flesh. And so we have to always bring our flesh under subjection. And that's the same thing when it comes to natural. Uh, I had a salad for lunch today and a piece of grilled chicken breast. And that's like nothing to, you know, what I used to eat. Yes. So now I have to, my stomach gets smaller and you just keep drinking the water and just keep on grinding until you, your weight come down. You just constantly thinking about it, reading motivational things you hear other people that went through it, going through it, helping you. You read things on the internet, how, what they're doing it to help their weight. And it's one of those things where I want to just keep practicing every day about how to change my lifestyle of what I used to eat. Because before I had to, had to keep the weight on and had to be a certain size, but now I want to be down, get my weight down. Yeah. Cause you're, you know, I know you want to be a role model. I know you're a role model and you probably have children in your future. I'm 43 and I got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Uh, it takes all my energy that I have, man. You want to be able to, to play with them and do those things. And that's just a, a part of it. You know, you try to take care of yourself for longevity. And you don't want to be around as long as you can for your kids. And- yes, sir. And then especially when COVID hit and, you know, I was reading all the reports about most of the, the people overweight was getting the worst. I don't know how true, but I know that. When I'm a certain weight, you get complications. You get sleep apnea. You get your bones and, you know, you're aching, your knee replacement. You need that. And I'm like, this is not what it's supposed to be. So I'm trying every day to get that weight down. Because I do have my – I have a daughter now. She's seven months. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, she's my, my heart now. I just – every yeah. day, my wife and she just – I just – I'm so blessed, I would say. I'm blessed. So I have a daughter now. You're right. And it's, it is something that I think about. I don't want to leave this world – on my own because of foolishness because I can't stay, stop eating and, and whatnot and put, take yourself out of here early. So because my, my family do have a, uh, in, in our uh, line, my mother and my father got diabetics and got high blood pressure. So it's, I'm double, I'm on both sides. So it's, you know, I have to make sure that I'm way, really watching everything I do to eat. And you know, the Bible says, you know, you got to love others like you love yourself. So you mm-hmm. gotta take care of yourself, love yourself, mm-hmm. you know, not in a narcissistic way, but you gotta take, you wanna take care of others, you gotta take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Say so about almost a decade, what, seven years in the NFL, right? Longest uh, team you played with, Packers? Yes. How'd you like the cold weather up there? How was the house playing with the Packers? Playing with the Packers was, I would say, about when I think about my time there at the Green Bay, how it was so peaceful and just a wonderful organization. Man, when I first I got on the plane, I looked around, I was in, I think I was in Greenville, but I took off when to Charlotte, flew to Green Bay. When I got to Green Bay, it looks the same when I got off the plane. It looked, I, uh-huh. I didn't even move, you know? And if you've never been there, it's like living in Greenville, but a big stadium instead of East Carolina Stadium, it's, it's the Packers Stadium. Uh-huh. And it just, it just rural, it's just country. And it's wow, this is different, you know? But it's so nice because you ain't got to worry about the parking, paying for parking, you got to worry about all the stuff you got to worry about in the city. And you think about it when you you look back over and say, wow, I was blessed to have, you know, opportunity to play for the the best organization, I would say, in football. But the weather is cold, brutal, brutal, brutal. 
my wife, she just flew back home and she's from Wisconsin. And she said it was, I think she said it was 10 degrees there last night. It, you can't get used to that cold. You can, they get, uh, what's the word for it? They can uh, deal with it because they got the, they know how to, what the clothes to wear and the shoes. Yeah. But it's so hard to get used to a cold weather when it's like below 20 wind chill outside and you throw water in the air, hot water, boiling water in the air, and it's frozen before it hit the ground. That's hard to deal with, but I dealt with it, you know. And uh, man, that was a great that was a great time in my life. I would say. Hey, who were you most excited to meet when you were in the NFL? Somebody you saw or met that like really was like your hero growing up, or somebody you really admired? When it comes to that, you know, you have. I got. I had a, a favorite basketball player, a favorite football player, a favorite actor, actress, and. And so I got even got a chance to meet the president, you know. But, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I got a chance to shake. Uh, it was President Obama when I was there. Obama's hand, the first black president, I got a chance to shake his yeah. hand. He, me, he said, congratulations, son. I'm cool. Thank you, sir. But just the, the places I was able to go and things I was able to see, people I was able to meet, so many people, so many celebrities, I reiterate again, they're all normal people if you don't see them outside of, uh, if you don't see them outside their comfort zone, you would think you, you always got to, oh, they like this or they like that. No, nah, that's not how they are. Yeah. But I would say my, my favorite football player was, I was, I love watching Peyton Manny play. He was my, one of my favorite players to watch. Getting a chance to play against him was all an honor, you know, and a chance to, to, to get close to him. I didn't get a chance to sack him, but I definitely got <laughs> I got close. I wanted to touch him. So I said, I got to get there. So I got there. He threw the ball, but I got my hands on him. Yeah. He was my favorite player uh, to watch, to play the game. And then Tom Brady was another one. I had so many. And I got a chance to sack him. I really get him and take him down. I had a chance to practice with him for a whole week. And just, you know, I think about now when watching on TV, like, wow, I was just, that was a great time in my life, you know, playing in the NFL. But I would say I got a chance to uh, see Jamie Foxx. He was, he's my favorite actor besides Will Smith, Jamie Foxx, Tom Cruise. I got a chance to see uh, actors. I don't just when you're at the Super Bowl, you, you see so many people like just there, you know, and they just be like, wow, that's, the, that's, that's that guy. And we would say, breaking the Super Bowl, guys, was Owen Wilson that plays in the wedding crashes. He's like running around and I'm like, how the heck he get on the field? You know, it's like, it's, it, it was amazing. <laughs> just the people I got to see, so many. And I, I was never really starstruck because like, you get so used to it, I guess you could say, you, you, and you don't want to be starstruck because then guys will make you feel dumb. So it was one of those things where like, oh, I got to see that person. I remember um, I was in London at the time, I was about to play against the Dolphins. One of the actors comes in, they, about, they was making a movie, uh, Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. It was making him, I think it was, uh, whenever it was in London and uh, he was there and, and guys was taking pictures. I got a chance to take pictures and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Kevin Hart. Just basketball player, LeBron James. I can't remember. I can't believe I almost forgot that. LeBron James, getting to see him up close, courtside seats, and uh, just hang out with some of the Laker players. So, yeah, I can go on all day about how the things I was able to do and whatnot, the people I was able to, to meet and see, and just it's great. And I just always just thank God for that opportunity. And you always wonder why did God allow me to see the things I did and go to the place that I went and just experience the things I, I got to experience. I got to the to North Pitt High School, and I really understand now that I can see all that and being around all that change. It's, it's culture, you know. So I come here and I see a lot of the students are here in poverty, and some of the, the young men don't have no fathers, like we we're talking about, and yeah. trying to use all that 
I've seen and trying to be an inspiration to their lives because what good is it to have the world? What good is it to have everything but to not do anything with it? You got all the money. What good is it? Is it good to just go out and just take care of yourself and celebrate and, and just have a good time partying and traveling? What good is it? At the end of the day, you can't take it with you. Mm-hmm. And so I always think about God bless me, so I would like to bless others. And it's not always monetary you bless people with money, but your time and your your wisdom, giving them, talking to them, giving them a speech. I just received a letter in the mail from one of the guys that was here last year, one of the young men that was here. And um, he was a problem child. He just had a, I would say, bad childhood, and he just went through a lot of things. And every day I would always preach to him, every day. I preach to him every day. And he just didn't want to listen. And he, he had to go, I guess, to uh, detention. I don't know where he's at, but I know he wrote me a long letter in the mail telling me that he's sorry and he apologized. He said he just wished he had listened to me, but thanked me and just begging me. He said, please write me back. Just And I think to myself how here's my opportunity to go yet again to preach to him. And maybe this time it will get to him because at the end of the day, you're going to remember who cared for you, who was there for you. Yeah, and what means more to you, that letter or? I don't know, man. Super Bowl was great too, but, you know. <laughs> but I look, you know, like I said, that Super Bowl ring is collecting dust. It's just, exactly. you know, it, it is. It's just something that you, you, I was a part of, and and one day, that's history. But to be able to change this and, and see this young man to maybe be a better son, a better brother, or a cousin, and one day a better, a good father, I think that means more because. Like I said, in the end of the day, that's what it's all about, giving back. Yeah, and that's generational change. You know, you and I are going to be forgotten in 100 years. Yes, sir. But when somebody changes what kind of father they're going to become, what kind of husband they're going to become because of you, and that passes on to their generation, the next generation, a thousand generations, who know that's the legacy you leave, you know, that you won't know till you get to heaven, right? That's true. That's true. One thing you got to understand, I, I remember NFL, I remember college. I remember high school, middle school. I feel like high school is the biggest time of your life where you change. it changes you. I guess it's because you become a, a boy to a man. And so to be here to help so many young boys, to making them a good a good man, being an inspiration in life, I think that's such a, a great honor to be able to do what I'm doing now. I love what I do right now. I love it. I get up every day. I don't complain because it's, I'm getting to help somebody in what better way to do it with football and with the, with God? Talk about the Lord to the guys. It's somebody to look up to. Yeah. So I'm excited for what the future holds. I'm excited. Yeah, and I think you're in a great place as far as we talk about, you know, the spiritual, the physical, but the mental and emotional well-being of young men. You be able to speak. That's powerful. Words are powerful. The Bible talks about that. Speaking truth, speaking into someone's life, blessing them with that. You know, me and I remember people, when I had a gentleman in my life who said, hey, son, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to graduate and go work at the car dealership doing something. He's like, no, you need to strive for something more than that. They need to believe in yourself. And it just really spoke life into me. And I think you're in a great place for that because you've got the background. you got the Lord on your side, of course, man. But I just... I hope these young men really listen. I know they look up to you and listen to you because a gentle giant, man. You're a big guy, imposing guy, but you're not intimidating as far as you're very, everybody I talk to is like, oh, man, CJ's such a great guy. He's kind, and he's like his mom and dad, and they're just 
you come from good stock, man, and good people. And uh, I know you're going to do the same, you know, with your children. Um, yeah. Oh, oh man, I, I, I love it. Every day since I've been here, I, I found out really fast that the kids don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And I could, I don't have the, I don't go around. That's why I don't never wear my ring. I don't never, I, I very rarely talk about it because I don't want them to think that I, I let them know what I've, they, and they know what I've done, who I am. But yeah. I, I always, I always tell them that they can be, be somebody, be great. And they don't, I don't talk about myself until we, it's time to ask questions, but more so it's about what they, they can do. And if I can help one, and I remember the story I heard uh, a while ago, it was a, a hurricane that hit the shore and tore the place up. And one day, this, the next day, I guess, the sun comes out and a man is walking on the beach and he sees this young girl. She's all these starfish had, you know, washed up on the, the shore. And he sees her, he see her pick up one, throw it in the water. And she's just running down the shore, throwing them in, but it's thousands of them. And he thought to himself, how silly is this girl? All these, these starfish that she's trying to throw in the water, but how silly is it? Because they, once the sun comes, the starfish dry out and they die. Yeah. So he went to her and said, how? He said, young lady, you can't, you know, it don't make no difference to what you're doing. And she looked at him and she showed me starfish. She said, it makes the difference to this one. She yeah. threw it in the water. Yeah. And I said, what a powerful story to, to be able to say, you can't, and one thing I'm learning really fast, you can't save everybody. Sure. Because you just can't. Just like the young man now that went, told me every day, at least he wrote back to me, but some guys that I know don't look like that affected them at all. And I'm like, I can't t change you. Nobody's going to change you. So if I could just help one through my years and years of whatever God got for me, then I feel like my job was done. And yeah, so that's man. the approach I'm taking that I'm just trying to, to, to help anybody that wants my help. I use that analogy. Well, I said somebody had to talk to Billy Graham, right? Mm -hmm. Look how many millions of people came to know the Lord because one person talked to Billy Graham. You never know that one life you change, mm -hmm. the impact of that. It's like buying Bitcoin when it was a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like, what, 60000 went to 70000 yeah. what it is now. But anyway, so it's invested in people, man. It's so much yeah. more. Right. You know who you are, man. That's great that you're grounded. I think that's what young men need to hear is that, hey, it's more than just things. Mm -hmm. It's more than just money. It's more than just fame. It's more. Life is, has a lot much more invest, yeah. to invest in people. And that's the truth, you know, and I, I remember hearing about, I read, I'm always looking to, looking for a, the next quote, a story that where I can, you know, inspire. And I was thinking about how I just read something yesterday uh, two days ago about the state of California, how they built, in I think 10 years, they built 13 prisons and they only built one college. I, it was maybe more than 10, it was like some ridiculous number. They would, in other words, they, would, they were building so many different prisons, but they were doing less to educate, help. You know, they talk about police reform and all that. We know we heard so much about that, but these guys that didn't grow up with fathers, you can help these guys. So we put more time, like he said, investing, so that you ain't got to invest. You invest in them, so you got to invest in the cops to control them. But yeah. you invest in them to try to change their mindset, change their outcome, their outlook of life, and be a blessing to them to get them education and, and whatnot. You will see a difference to, to how things are because you see how I turned out with great parents. 
not everybody have that luxury or that they're blessed to be have that. But if you can get somebody, like I said, help somebody, and that's what it's all about, just helping others. And that's what our Lord in Christ done when he was here. He just helped as many people as he could. So think about it. He, did, he came in humble humility and, and helped people. And that's what we should be doing to, to, to live like Christ, to help. And it's like I said, it's not only about money, but God gave me the Super Bowl ring. You say, oh, we, which one you take? He allowed me to go to the Super Bowl and meet all those people to give me the, the platform to give so I can use that to help others. Yeah. Now, could I help them without that? Yeah, but it'd been pretty, a lot harder. People, I feel like they'll listen to me because of all that than another person that didn't do that. But God knew my heart. He knew he can, he can trust me. He knew that, that it helped my case. When I come to them, he's like, I, I, look, this, I did this boom, boom, boom. If you want to be if you want to make it, you got to believe in God. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to take it more from me than they would just, you know what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? And I think now you probably read Ecclesiastes and Proverbs and have a whole different view of it, don't you? Even as a young man, you're only 33, but you still have a different view of it now after living life. So funny that I actually sometimes, I, I, I think that happens to everybody when you're younger, you read the Bible, you hear it all the time in church, but sometimes you do, when you go through something, you say, oh, this is what the scripture means about that. Turn the other cheek or something or, or give and it should be given to you. You know, just, just different things I went through. And I remember one time, particular moment, I was telling my teammate about Christ. He was saying, he stopped me and said, CJ, is this something that you read or heard or something that you heard from your parents? Have you ever experienced God for yourself or are you just going off what your parents said all your life? And it really got to me because I thought to myself, he was right in the whole time I was always, he was right, but yet it's still, it's just, I don't, it was the right thing because my parents raised me, but I say, you're right. And that's when I really started to want to read it for myself and, and understand it for myself. And I was like, wow, that was a great teaching moment in my life. Okay, I heard all my life from my parents. Let me, let me read it myself. So I, that's what I started doing then. Yeah, and you, you got to try it for yourself. I've got my testimony up on the, the podcast thing. You're welcome to check it out if you get a chance. Okay. But, uh, man, the Holy Spirit, man, has spoken to me throughout my life so many times and has uh, humbled me. And, and I've tested it. I've tested God in so many ways, and he's always been faithful. And uh, when I cried out in, in some times of need, man, the only name that I cried out was Jesus, and that was the name to help Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, I think you are going to do some great things, so much better, so much greater even than the NFL, where you are now, and it going affect so many young men's lives, wherever you end up, if you stay there for the rest of your career or wherever you come out to Bill Haven or wherever your plans or whatever happens, wherever God's push you. Man, I just, I'm proud of you. You know, we talked a little bit before you left to go to the NFL, and I knew you were going to do, you were going to do great things and that you were going to represent your family. That's one thing, too, that I think young men don't understand is having a name. Your name is important. God changes people's names in the Bible. And, and you become that child of God. You represent him. You have a name and your royalty. And you have to go out, you know, and represent that and be proud of that. Yes. So many young men, like I said, don't have the, the father figures. They don't have a name. Mm-hmm. My dad should tell me, even though my parents were divorced, his son, whatever you do reflects me. It mm-hmm. comes back to your family name. And that's something I think that you have really honored your family and what you've done. And so have the rest of your brothers and sisters, man. I know your mom is proud and we've enjoyed, you know, watching you throughout your career. My little sister, Amanda, no matter where you were, man, she was a, a Raiders fan. She was a Green Bay fan. Wherever CJ was at, man, she was 
she's a fan and, and your mom has just been, she's an angel to us, man. I know that uh, she prayed with me. I prayed with her. She, she came at a time when we didn't have anybody and she was just such a blessing to our family. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, thank you for sharing her with us. Anyway, she, she was impactful in my life. So I really appreciate that. Is uh, there anything that you would like to, one last thing you'd like to say, if young men hear this, what kind of encouragement, what kind of hope can you give them if they're looking to, whether go to NFL or whether they're just trying to get out of high school, man, in a few words, what can you say to them to give them hope and encouragement? Well, I would say no matter who you are, where you come from, what's going on in your life at this moment of time, whatever you want, and your, whatever your dreams and goals are, if you give it to God, God will allow it to come to pass. And you truly believe and work for it and trust God, God will allow it to come to pass. And that's the thing that I learned is that when I gave my problems to God, I gave my, my dreams and goals, God helped me. And he put me in the right places at the right time to be a blessing or get blessed. And that's the thing you understand. Don't let your condition, being that you come from a, a fatherless home or poverty, don't let your condition dictate your position in life. Because we all went through something. We all want to go through something. And that's how the world, that's how life is. But you got to keep getting up and keep fighting. And don't stop. Don't ever quit. Because at, at the end of the day, the battle is already won. God won the war. He gave his life for us, that's when the battle, he won the battle. And all we got to do is stand and fight, and you will be just fine. So just keep pressing towards Christ, because the ultimate goal is Christ. Yeah. And God, will, he, he will bless you. He'll give you all your wishes and your dreams and things that you didn't even, just, you didn't even say it. I remember I, I never even said I wanted this particular truck. And I remember, I just always thought about, man, I like that truck, but I never said it. And I'm, I never said it out of my mouth, I'm gonna get me a truck. One day, it was just dropped in my lap. Can't make it up, can't make this up. Just everything I can imagine, God gave it to me. And so keep pressing and you'll be fine. And that's the message I will leave for any man or woman. Just trust God and just give your life and God will make it, he will make it come true. That's awesome, man. One of my role models is Tony Dungy, man. I have his daily devotion that I read. He, he you remind me a lot of him. He just kind of quiet oh, mm-hmm. and a great leader, father and husband. And, and I pray that for you, man. I pray that you, know, you have a great coaching career with the, the school there. That the kids listen to you and look up to you and follow your example. And uh, anything that I can ever do, it's easy to help you. I just. Don't hesitate. Well, you're doing it already. You're getting the message out. You're doing what God wants you to do. And yes, it might be your first, second, or third, but even for you, you keep pushing. You keep giving it to God, and God will make it. He will allow it to grow and grow. And you just keep giving it to God and just keep pushing God first. And and I promise you, it, you He says His word will never return void. So, like you said, we'd be dead and gone 100 years and somebody would be rolling across podcasts from a while ago. <laughs> they sit here and watch us talking about God and how we fellowship about Christ. And that's what it's all about. Some kind of way, God will always allow his word to be heard. And when you do it for Christ, you're really doing it to mean, to mean he, will, he won't let you down. But with the, with the division that we have in our country with politics and all kinds of stuff, man, we know that the Holy Spirit is what brings us together. Yes. Right? That's you know, true. And if we can come together on that, we can come together on anything. 
anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what I want people to get out there to know. Is that, hey, man, with God and the Holy Spirit, that's the biggest, the most, that's, what we, that's eternal consequence. That's eternal family. We're yeah. all family. Yes. And if we can agree on that, and we can do great things. <laughs> I, I once heard a preacher say, don't matter how, how much money you got and how much your clothes call, it don't matter how expensive they are, and we all going to return to dust. You know, at the end of the day, we don't matter. I don't, yeah, I think it don't matter who you are. <laughs> we all going to return to dust when, when we die. So it's, and it's, we know it's something that we got to go through in the country with the politics and the race, just all the stuff that go happens, but just got to keep your eyes on Christ. Yeah. And everything will be all right. CJ, thank you so much for taking your time out, man. Talking oh, to no me. problem, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to the Balanced Man Podcast. You can find us on the web at thebalancedmanpodcast.com and on Facebook at The Balanced Man Podcast.